You getting ready to do your taxes for 2022? Some advice from the taxpayer advocate for Montana. That's Paul Harper. Hi, I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for clicking on the podcast where we speak with Montana's taxpayer advocate, Paul Harper. We talk first about all the talk about 87,000 new IRS agents, about auditing. We also get into what's on our 2022 tax forms that we ought to know more about. Paul Harper, our special guest on Voices of Montana. The podcast is brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Paul Harper will join us in just a little bit, and um, I'm going to kind of go over. I looked at some things from the National Taxpayers Union Foundation. Uh, there's a, a good uh, site called the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse Track. It's from Syracuse University. Uh, that's got some information, you know, where there's the talk about um, who does get audited and 87,000 agents and uh, what was it, $80 billion in this um, latest. Um, uh, I lose track of that stuff. Uh, but I got some things I'll pass along here, but just to finish, just thought uh, tomorrow, now this is something that's going on today, actually, but tomorrow, Amy Rue, who is the executive director of the Montana Meth Project, will will join us to talk about this, um, and, and this is something that they've got going on called Paint the State, um, and this will actually kick off tomorrow with the Governor Gene Forte and Attorney General Austin Knutson. They're um, joining up with the Montana Meth Project, and, and the Meth Project I'm so, so happy to kind of finally have on board. I'm, I've been, uh, and I'll talk with Amy about this tomorrow too. I've been trying to get a hold of them and it, it hasn't been real successful. I mean, I guess that's another story. i uh, disappointed there. But uh, tomorrow uh, I want to talk about, you see these billboards. And I've mentioned this before, I think once, uh, where, you know, ask me about uh, missing uh, or attending my father's uh, wedding in, in chains or something to that effect. Um, they're, they're dramatic, as is the cost of addiction in this country. Uh, and, and so dramatic um, methods to combat it are important, um, I think are called for as well. We'll, we'll find out more about this, uh, about this initiative as well. Um, Paint the State, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a contest uh, where uh, it, it's a Paint the State, a program to address, um, you know, in-person drug prevention outreach efforts here. And so uh, that that's on the docket. I don't know really where, what kind of uh, information to throw out there. I know people have, have, have heard probably different stories about uh, this, what is it, 80 billion funding boost to the IRS, which was in the so-called infrastructure package. Um, there was some justification out there for it, or at least people who uh, support that, um, uh, that funding, you know, talking about uh, pressures on staffing. And that has, uh, I, I, there's a lot of truth to that too. Uh, the, the IRS has seen um, a lot of budget cuts uh, over the, the, the past few years. And um, you know, I, I don't, it, it, it's a three-letter word, IRS, and, and we have a lot of feelings about it. We certainly do. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there, though, that, that are more than willing. I know that most of us are uh, to pay their fair share. But that's the catch, isn't it? What is the fair share? Um, there's, you know, a lot of information, and you hear this a, a ton, and I, I get a little tired of it. 
Um, you know, that every tax, every tax cut proposal is, or anything having to do with taxes, um, you ultimately get a, a Democratic press release that says the Republicans want to tax the rich. Or, pardon me, no, uh, they want to uh, tax the, <laughs> the poor. You, you know, you've heard it, right? Um, tax cuts for the wealthy. That's, but it's, it's, I don't, there's no teeth to that argument anymore. And they just, they continue to use it. Um, the, what is the fair share? What's this fair share crowd? What are they after? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you ask them that, uh, this is data again from the national taxpayers union foundation, NTUF. Um, and it's pretty good. This goes back. It was recently just published in December of 2022. So last year, uh, it's a report that deals with taxes in 2020. Obviously, uh, you know, we just got done with, with, uh, well, tax year 2021, and now we'll be looking back at tax year 2022. Interested in those changes? Interested in, um, you know, if you do get audited, how we how we work our way through that. Um, that those are things to talk about, and we'll, we'll have that with Paul Harper in just a little bit. Um, but, but this is uh, data from the IRS um, that finds that the top 25% of earners paid nearly 89% of all income taxes in the country. And then the bottom 50%, and maybe you've heard these things and maybe they, they don't really have an impact on you. Um, I, I think, I think there's certainly is something very much to consider here when it comes to at least the people that are using the quote unquote fair share term. Um, we, we need uh, adequate understanding about that. But um, 25% of all the earners pay almost 90%. They say almost 89% of all income taxes. That was in, that was in 2020. And then the bottom 50% of earners owing uh, 2.3 of the national share. Um, and, and I know that uh, you know, our tax code is, is progressive, right? The, the more you make, the more you'll get taxed. You go back, and this report notes that back in 1980, uh, the top marginal tax rate and you remember our economy back in 1980? It wasn't spanking. That's for sure. Um, uh, 70% was the top marginal tax rate in this country. Uh, and, and with people who have means and have money, um, they're, they're not, and they're, you know, they're smart enough. Uh, I am, I'm assuming that they've, that hopefully a lot of them earned that money along the way. I know a lot of it gets passed through and, and there's just sure there's a lot of things to complicate this, but I'm, I'm making one point here. Um, and, and that is that, um, does a top marginal tax rate of 70% make sense in, in, in our society? No, it didn't. Um, it had consequences. That rate uh, now is down to 37% over the years. Um, I think it's made a dramatic difference. The top 25% of earners, uh, paid 73% of all income taxes in 1980. Um, so I, I keep keep track of those figures too because that number just continues to grow, right? Um, for the, the top 25% of earners back then um, paid 73%. And that was at a marginal tax rate of 70% for the highest uh, bracket there. Um, and now uh, pretty much uh, anything, what is it, over $500,000 in income, is the top 1%. Uh, the new data shows the top 1% uh, tier uh, incomes over $548,000. Uh, and they paid nearly 42% of all income taxes. 
again, going back to that other point there, uh, you, you see that marginal rate at 70% in 1980, lowered to 37%. Back in 1980, you still had that same, um, well, percentage, 25% of the top earners, then paying for 73% um, of all income taxes collected in the United States, uh, 1980, and the bottom uh, 50% paid 7%. Uh, even though with lower marginal income tax rates, that number, and I know the concentration of wealth plays into this, uh, and but but uh, marginally so, I think. Um, it's a different issue in my mind. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what is the fair share of taxes, um, uh, I guess I've, I've mentioned this in the past too, and I, I believe it pretty firmly that uh, I believe individual earners better spend their money than the government does. And so I am in favor of lower taxes, but also I know that there is a purpose for them and it's a necessity. Um, but we, we still see our increasingly progressive tax rate um, still, um, even though it's at 37%, still the uh, top earners are providing, wow, this is more than just the lion's share too. It's almost 90%, the top 25 um, and then you look at the top 1% and they paid nearly 42% of all income taxes. And I, I'm not saying this to, to drum up any kind of sympathy whatsoever uh, for, for people who have, um, I mean, a, a lot of money. I, I'm very happy for them. And again, I, uh, I believe in the best. And I think a lot of those people are sharing that wealth as, as uh, you know, guiding their spending um, with, you know, in hopefully in social circles. I, I'm not sure that that's the case for George Soros. I think he's got a, a different plan, uh, but I uh, I know um, anybody of means that has has that kind of money. Um, they they are as much as they can be philanthropists, and and I very much appreciate that. And I still think that um, that heart exists in us. Uh, but you know, just learning some facts about our tax structure is important. There's there's a ton of things here to share too. If you're into those kinds of figures, um, and and. It's interesting, but it, it ought to be the backdrop for the discussion about taxes in this country. And I know in in, in Montana in particular, uh, and I just saw another release from the Democratic Party, and there is a move for a national sales tax. I don't know if I uh, – I haven't looked at that the proposal enough to, to you know find out what's in it. Um, I, I think a restructuring of Montana's tax system – is in order, although I don't think anybody will call it to order at the state capitol because there's not enough guts out there, uh, and it just becomes uh, a target politically. But, um, you know, re- restructuring our, our taxes, I, I don't – in Montana, I think that's necessary just because we don't have the same uh, pull that we've had from our resources over the past few years. And, and I think you know the arguments about how that – that is being shifted, um, uh, even even at the state level. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to shift burdens and control to the local level, um, and then we see a lot of increases being done at the local level to pay for necessary, um, just necessary running of government. Uh, that's that's what's on the table every time the legislature steps into into session. Is a little bit of configuring here or there uh, about our taxes. What's the truth about? The 87,000 IRS agents, are, are they going to be, uh, I mean, and that's another part of this that I, I didn't throw out there. Um, it was, uh, uh, this again uh, comes from uh, this this Syracuse Center, tra- uh, Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse. 
Um, and, and it has some figures here about who gets audited by the IRS. And, and it talks, and this is a relatively uh, recent publication of the 4th of this 2023. Um, um, the IRS has, um, has had, in, instead of face-to-face audits, they've increasingly relied on the automated process of sending letters and, and correspondence audit, um, as, as they refer to it. But uh, the figures out there, um, still show about, uh, and I'm going to use roughly, so it's something to at least hang on to, um, that only about 3% of the so-called millionaires are being audited versus up to about 13% um, of those uh, with lower incomes. And then that was, um, I think, 2020 when they were looking more specifically, and I know they target certain areas too, so that may be, have been uh, a targeted area when they were looking at people with low income, basically those who would qualify for earned income tax credits, um, just to, um, you know, and, and a lot of that too was done by, by correspondence. But I don't know, what do we have to fear, right? With uh, 87,000 new IRS agents. I know that that's not necessarily the entire just of what Paul Harper is going to be talking to us about. I want to talk about the new laws out there, but we can't have a conversation without this, with uh, about this without talking about um, you know how, how the IRS is going to allocate their new resources and then how uh, I'm assuming we're all um, wanting to pay our fair share of taxes um, you know how, how do we do that 100% correctly we'll find out more back with more voices in a bit does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Paul Harper, Supervisory Associate Advocate, Internal Revenue Service. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing good today. How about yourself, Tom? I'm hanging in there. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate you being on too. Um, Not a problem. That uh, you know, uh, and you were you were listening. Uh, I I don't know if I made any sense there, uh, but uh, you know, we, uh, there's been a lot of talk about what eighty seven thousand IRS agents will do. Um, you do work for the IRS, but like I say. Uh, you may be a tax man, but you're our tax man, right? You're a taxpayer advocate. Um, tell, Absolutely. Tell us what 87,000 IRS agents will do um, for the public. You know, that 87,000 number is not necessarily a, an accurate number. That was an estimation uh, based on the, the, the creation of the bill. Uh, could there potentially be 87,000 people hired uh, based on that bell? Sure, that's that's potentially out there. But that's not necessarily just strictly enforcement agents. Uh, a large chunk of that money went to modernization of our computer systems. I mean, we're still working off 1970s DOS green screen. Um, uh, some of that money also went to uh, our customer service folks uh, to give you better information and better answers. Um also with that, you have uh, money going into even our taxpayer advocate coffers in order to uh, get us ramped up so we can uh, do better service for you. Uh, so the, 80, the 87000 it, it was kind of a number that was thrown out there just based on the on the bill itself. So it's I, I, I'm not seeing uh, 87000 uh, new IRS agents being hired on in that bill. 
Um, that money, there's a, there's a whole large group of people within the IRS that are extremely intelligent, that are meeting daily to, to figure out how to, to spend that money that was, so it best suits all of us. The, um, the figure was like $80 billion, um, and then 46 million or billion, I think, uh, oh, I should have that in front of me. I think, um, 40, um, a, a good portion of it went to, um, that aspect of it. Uh, talk about, I mean, have we seen... Um, the numbers of, of auditing, uh, go down. What, what's, um, again, the messaging from the IRS. Cause I know, um, it's out there and, and, uh, uh, I really appreciate you. The, the IRS is, is, uh, a three letter word, so to speak. Um, and, and it, you know, it carries certain connotations for us. Um, the, uh, so when, when we hear new IRS agents, people, uh, I don't know, there's a certain amount of nervousness. That goes along with that. Um, talk about, though, um, in, in earnest, because I've heard people say that there is a need for staffing. And, and, and what, what does the IRS say, uh, you know, about that need? I, I know folks have called in here and say, you know, you try to call um, and sometimes it's hard to get a call back. No, that's that's absolutely correct, and there there is a desperate need for staffing. The IRS was, has been running off a budget uh, comparable to our 2010 budget for quite a few years. Their customer service phone lines—that's the number you guys call into the 800-829-1040 line. Uh, they are so short-staffed right now that uh, last year they were only running and answering 10 percent of the the inbound phone calls. Which really, which really hurts our our taxpaying public. You don't get a chance to ask those questions that you need to ask. And if you do happen to get through on the uh, eight hundred line, you're you're it's after a couple hour fo- uh, wait time. So no, th- we we definitely as the IRS need uh, some influx of money in order to, to to get our staffing back up to what the nation needs in order to you know answer those questions that need to be answered. And a large chunk of that money is going to do that. The, uh, what percentage, and, and maybe it's just a figure out there. I don't know if there's uh, you know real analysis on it, but um, what percentage do you think of tax returns um, are are trying to get away with something? Again, that's gonna that's gonna vary from year to year. There are certain things uh, from year to year that uh, the IRS pays you know more particular attention to uh, than a previous year. But uh, you know, you're probably looking at uh, it has gone down over time because as the the tax laws uh, become more complex and and things get easier to file for, you know, it, go, it, it wavers. But you know, you're ten percent, you know, at a guesstimation. Um, mm-hmm. And then now again, that's not a hard and fast number. You're just looking at what you actually we actually find, um, which is probably going to be a lot different than what actually is out there. And and is there a um, is there a figure? And I know it varies. All right. And again, I'm generalizations are, are fine here. Um, is, is there a figure about how much money, um, is that should be going into the U S's general fund or state general fund for that matter? Um, that's not. Well, you know, it depends on what you're looking at. It depends on what, what, uh, statistical data you're going to look at. Are we talking about, uh, you know, unreported income? Are we talking about illegal income? Are we talking about, uh, you know, Income that is written off that probably shouldn't be. I mean, the, the, depending on what uh, course of thought you're thinking of and where the direction you're going with it is going to depend on what number you're going to come up with. If 
if we're talking about pure illegal income that most of the time doesn't get reported anyways, yeah. you're talking about billions. Um, the number could be astronomical depending on the direction you go with it. Yeah, well, and and uh, and that's not part of the discussion, but there are um, you know a lot of groups out there who keep <laughs> who keep their uh, illegal activities to themselves, uh, and, uh, and there's you know billions and billions of dollars. This is again the the drug cartels and things like that. It has nothing to do with you, Paul. It's just me, um, you know, kind of setting the stage for um, when we look at um, taxpayers in this country. Uh, you know, the, the general bulk of them are, are more than happy to pay their fair share. But getting an understanding of what their fair share is, uh, is a big part of this. I'm going to um, uh, take a break because I got to catch up on some news here. And then we're going to get into, you know, what, 2020, what is it, 2022 we're looking back at? Um, what kind of major changes there are in there? And as we're talking about audits, too, you know, how do we avoid them? And if we do get uh, a letter or even an in-person kind of um, audit, how do we um, how do we satisfy them? How do we come out of those more successfully? Paul Harper is with us. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Let's dig into 2022 and see what might maybe catch us up or see things that we need to be aware of as we prepare our taxes. Paul Harper, Supervisory Associate Advocate. And that uh, let's put the the big word, the big quotations around advocate. He's your taxpayer advocate with the Montana Internal Revenue Service and uh, roots that go deep into Trout Creek. Uh, Paul, it's a pleasure to have you here. So um, as we look at uh, looking back uh, at 2022 and we're filling out our taxes now for that. What's the one thing or maybe a couple of things at the top of our list that we should uh, you know, make sure we're fully aware of as we get started? I guess the big one right now that I get a lot of questions about and that has come up frequently is the third-party payee companies. You know, you've got your Venmos and you've got your PayPals, and if you do transactions on them, there was some legislation that was issued that was going to reduce the reporting requirement from those from $20,000 down to $600. Pretty much anybody with a kid in college like I have, uh, you're going to send that kid $600 or more over the course of the year, and, and once you get that you know 1099K in the mail, you're trying to figure out what to do with it. Now, they have uh, since extended that particular legislation, so that got pushed off until the end of this year. So for those folks that uh, use the third-party paying systems uh, frequently, uh, try not to stress too much about it this year because it got pushed off until next year. So unless you're giving away more than twenty grand a year through your Venmo account uh, or one of the other payer systems, you're not going to get that uh, 1099K that has to be implemented to your twenty. 20- 22 tax return. All right. That's, uh, that's good news. And I know I've run us out of time here, uh, for, to get into more, but we got more to get into. So that's ahead. Paul Harper, supervisory associate advocate with Montana, pardon me, with the internal revenue service, but he is Montana's advocate taxpayer or taxpayer advocate and, uh, available at, uh, let's see. I got 406-444-8612. He'll be, uh, available here. We're back with more voices with Paul Harper in just a bit. Voices of Montana continues right after this.
Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Let's get back. Speaking of the happy, uh, it's time to do our taxes. And uh, what is new? Um, what do we need to look out for? The, uh, Paul Harper is with us, Supervisory Associate Advocate with the Internal Revenue Service. He is our Montana IRS taxpayer advocate. Paul, I appreciate your time here. So we uh, just got into this, um, you know, what to look out for. And I'm glad you brought up the, the third-party pay and, and, and the uh, reporting uh, requirements for transfers because I think a lot of people – um, who have a small business, and I, and I do. I mean, it's just a broadcasting business. So, but uh, um, people uh, want to use PayPal, uh, and and I, I guess I just get kind of nervous about it because um, I'm not I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not reading um, taxpayer manuals. Uh, tell me about what I need to know when it comes to new reporting requirements for this kind of funding. Well, luckily, with the new reporting requirements, it did get pushed off until the end of uh, 2023. So, for most folks, you know, your 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 normal your normal uh, individual that is that is you know sending their kids money every once in a while, or their or their kids are are for that matter sending them money every once in a while. That's that's not going to affect the the average taxpayer this year, which is which is great because that was a big concern. Um, but really what those is, you know, if you're, if you're using your PayPal's and your Venmo's as a business, uh, keep track of what's business and what's personal. Uh, make sure you keep very detailed record because that's going to play into your tax return starting next year. Uh, the reporting requirement went from, uh, after actually into 2023, it'll go from $20,000, uh, for the year down to $600 for the year. So, those people that are, you know, just using it every once in a while still may be affected. So they're going to want to keep track of what uh, is actually personal expenses and what is actually business expenses if they do run a small business. What's going to what's going to happen with that? I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of blowback on it. Um, and, and right now, I mean, uh, people are using that for a lot of different reasons. How do you how do you, you know, narrow that down so that um, the IRS is not accusing everybody of getting illegal income? And the IRS is working on the legis- the the procedures for that. They haven't released uh, uh, hard and fast stuff on uh, the folks that are going to get affected when they get dropped down to six hundred dollars. That'll be something that'll come out towards more the end of next year. Well, excuse me, the end of this year. Um, but there will be a way to to separate them out. The the IRS will will develop uh, some sort of a of a requirement to report uh, what's what's business and what's personal. So there will be a way to do it. Um, it's not quite out yet. I think that's one of the main reasons why they extended it. And um, and then they'll be they'll be taxed as gifts. Then right, that income will be taxed as gifts. Or um, well, I well, guess it depends. Even, even with yeah. that, it's not going to be taxed as a gift because with gift taxes, I mean, any one person can give any one person. And I don't want to quote the number for this year because I haven't looked for it. I believe it's somewhere in the fourteen thousand dollar range as a gift, uh, without having any tax implications or even having to report it. I mean, you're not going to get taxed on giving your kids money here and there, okay? Um, unless you get up into the really big dollars. Well, that ain't going to happen. 
Um, uh, Paul Harper is with us again, uh, Montana's local taxpayer advocate. He's got 20 years of experience in federal taxes and has managed uh, a group of uh, dedicated advocates. Um, Paul, uh, again, appreciate the time. Let's look down there. Just open it up again. Uh, What is on 2022 that we need to pay attention to XYZ? Uh, one of the bigger things in 2022, when you're filing your return this year, you got to remember that for the folks that are claiming earned income credit and for the folks that are claiming the the additional child tax credit, uh, which are two very popular credits, if you have uh, filed for those, and you filed early, there's a lot of people that like to file right in the opening of uh, filing season. Again, that was just a few days ago on the 23rd. And if you've gone ahead and you filed early, you're going to have to hold off because the earned income credit and the additional child tax credit doesn't get an opportunity to be processed through until at least February 28th. So you wouldn't be expecting that refund until February 28th. It's not going to be that normal seven to 10 day turnaround time like it is with an electronic filed return that goes direct deposit. Um, so give yourself a little bit more time if you claim those credits. Uh, another item on the, on the ticket is bio and I, and I, promote this every year, and I can't stress it enough. The IRS obviously had their issues over the last few years with all the COVID involvement oh. and the COVID issues. And so I'm, I'm pushing for everyone, if at all possible, please electronically file your return. It really speeds up the process. It uh, eliminates a lot of the errors that are out there. Uh, currently with uh, the IRS, they're in, uh, still trying to bail out of the COVID issue. I mean, right now, as of December 23rd, 2022, there were 1.91 million unprocessed individual returns for, that were received this year. Now, that includes tax year 2021 returns and late filed prior year returns. Mm. Now, of the 1.49 million returns, excuse me, of the 1.91 million returns, 1.49 million of those returns required error corrections. Wow. So those are the folks who made mistakes on primarily like your your uh, your COVID, your stimulus payments, your COVID money. Uh, they made some mistakes on them, and they had to be uh, reconciled and corrected. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on that. If you electronically file, if there is an error on your return, it's going to bounce back to you pretty quick and have you fix it so you don't have to have that long, drawn-out uh, aspect of it. We're still in a situation if you have an errored return that you mailed to us, it's taken six months to get through. So if you can electronically file, it'll definitely speed up the process and eliminate some of the problems. How do we electronically file? Um, it's really up to you. You can go if your if your income level is low enough. Um, I mean, obviously the six digit uh, income folks aren't going to be able to use our free filing service, but there is uh, IRS.gov has free fillable forms. They have free filing options. They have a whole list of companies that will help you prepare your return at little or no cost. Um, Feel free to go to irs.gov and just type in free file in a search blo- in the search block, and it will uh, take you to the area that can tell you whether or not you qualify for free filing services. All right, let's. Um, oh, sorry, ahead. no. Well, um, I was going to move over a little bit now into uh, again that 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 tough area. If you're if you're being audited, and I have in the past, and usually it's just a simple um, unaware of something. Uh, kind of thing, or math mistakes even. But math mistakes are, are made, and the IRS just kind of fix those and sends back a, a letter. Um, if we get into an audit situation, uh, how do we how do we help the IRS help us out of it? Well, the best thing that you can do for yourself in any tax situation is keep very good records. 
Uh-huh. Um, I stress to everybody a record. It's all it's all about the records because you don't necessarily have to prove your situation when you file your return. But if the IRS decides they want to ask about it, you're going to have to provide them with something more than your tax return. And if you have the documentation and you have the records, you're going to be fine. Uh, when you get the when you get the first letter from us and they're and they're asking, hey, uh, you know, please explain this or please provide us documentation that supports your claim of this. By all means, send it. Send it as fast as you can, as soon as you can, and make it as detailed as possible. And if you if you've got the records to support what you put on your tax return, you're going to be fine. They're going to get it. They're going to look it over. They're going to say, okay, makes sense, and continue on. You actually have uh, an office of warm bodies. Um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about um, what the taxpayer advocate office um, does for ta- for taxpayers. Well, I've got an amazing group of people that work for me out of my Helena, Montana office, and uh, we are an independent organization within the IRS. We actually report directly to Congress, and we are there for the taxpaying public. So if you uh, have issues with the IRS, something's not getting processed timely, um, you're not getting some information you were looking for, or something about the system has, has failed you, Feel free to reach out to our office and give us a call. Uh, we, we, we will, of course, do whatever we can to uh, assist you. Uh, you can call into our direct line, which is 406-444-8668. You might get the machine off the get-go, but feel free to leave a message. I have a wonderful intake advocate. They'll be more than happy to call you back and uh, see what they, we can do to help you. And uh, we are there to make sure that... When an IRS system or process has failed, we get to jump in and make sure it gets taken care of. Yeah, when when do they call you? Um, you know, for typically, what reason would have them reach out to a taxpayer advocate? Well, our bread and butter is hardship situations. You know, uh, a lot of folks last year filed tax returns, and they really rely on those tax refunds uh, to to offset their normal yearly income. And when those refunds and those tax returns got delayed in processing because of all of our COVID problems, when they contacted us, we stepped in. Uh, we helped grease the wheels a little bit and get those returns uh, pushed through the system so those folks can get their refunds and uh, continue to take care of their financial needs. That's probably our big one is any of the hardship situations. Gotcha. Um, and, and, and that's good to know uh, because it, when people do get into hardships, uh, um, they're generally there for lack of information too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the IRS changes anything else, uh, for 2022 that we should maybe keep an eye on. Well, our 2022 stuff, again, this is all in our normal text in our normal 1040 instruction book. There are a few things, um, the health coverage tax credit sunsetted and it went away for, um, or anything after 2021, so our 2022 tax uh, year, our child tax, excuse me, child for de- credit and dependent care expenses. Those, that's our daycare folks. That went that went back down to uh, uh, the that, before the ARP bill. That went down to our normal three thousand dollars for one qualifying person and six thousand for two. Um, the 1099K obviously was a was a big was a big one um, that year. And if you really want to get into all the all the individual changes, our 1040 instruction book, which is online at irs.gov, uh, the entire first big section of that, starting page six, it explains all the changes for the year. And our beginning of each of our 1040 instruction books will always show that. 
So what's your um, what's your next few months look like? Uh, our next few months are going to be a little hectic, of course. We're still trying to get everything uh, worked through. We're still trying to figure out, of course, you know, there's a lot of good people trying to figure out how to spend that money and, and make it work the best for our taxpayers, um, as well as we're trying to get in and, and fix things. Luckily, this year, we're not going to have nearly the problems as last year because the stimulus money isn't around anymore. Uh, the additional credits on the tax returns that go along with that stimulus money isn't aren't there for 2022. So that's going to make a lot of the error corrections that we had to deal with last year uh, not there this year. So that's going to be very beneficial to us. I probably run out of time for this. I, uh, Inga's got a call, and I can't take the call, Inga. But the question is regarding um, service dogs. Um, but, uh, yeah, what what uh, are um, are there tax considerations for for service dogs that have been um, authorized? Uh, there, there are um, certain tax considerations for service animals. What she would want to do is, of course, go to irs.gov, um, look up service animals. There are some uh, potential medical deductions for service animals, especially if you have a, a, a recurring expense um, and, of course, the initial outlay of the service animal itself. So irs.gov and look for uh, service animals in a search block and it will give you all that information run into a roadblock uh, your taxpayer advocates available 444 that's 406 444 helena number 8668 so 444 8668 in montana paul appreciate that um you know check back too i'm always happy to hear from you and i appreciate the advice uh, and then uh, i know you're a taxpayer advocate but um uh, it, it's hard for us to, um, you know, express these questions to a government agent. Um, and that's why I appreciate that, you know, about the, about the new funding and where that goes and the things that, that perhaps we, we get nervous about. And a lot of it's because we maybe don't have all the information on it. Absolutely. Not a problem. All right. Uh, super. Thanks. Uh, and, uh, and then come April, April 15th, uh, do you like? Uh, do you go to maybe Hawaii or Costa Rica or get away from it for a month? Well, it's on April fifteenth this year. Um, of course, oh, that's they right. Always, uh, they always change it a little bit due to some of the holidays in uh, in DC. Uh, so it's the eighteenth this year. So yes, uh, as of uh, April, uh, make sure you get them in so we can get through them. All right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. Not a problem.